it's December 28th, 2023, and on today's episode of Comic Talk, we'll be talking about all the comics that came out this week, like Immortal X-Men 18 from Marvel, Flash 4 from DC Comics, The Holy Roller 2 from Image Comics, and a whole bunch more. I'm your host, Dimitra Pereira, and today's special guest is Drew Maxi, aka Drew Deficit. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, because here's your weekly comic book recap. And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about this week's new comic book releases. For those of you who don't know, D- new DC comics come out every Tuesdays. New Marvel indie comics come out on Wednesdays. And we're here on a Thursday, the final Thursday of this great year, 2023. Uh, that could be sarcastic or not, depending on how your year was. Uh, but we are here December 28th, 2023, to talk about everything that came out this week. I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. And I also got frequent guest of the show, Drew Maxi, a.k.a. Drew Deficit. Find him at Drew X Deficit. What's up, Drew? Oh, you know, not a whole lot. Just, uh, just been hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that'd be like a really funny joke if you were like, like a monkey, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, just hanging around. If I like Spider-Man from the ceiling. Yeah. Just hanging around. Just hanging around, you know? I I guess a Spider-Man is more apropos than a monkey, but then again, comic books have everything, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm glad to have you on, uh, on this episode. Who's your favorite monkey character? Who? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I'll tell you who I don't like. I don't like the um, Marvel apes. Not a yeah. big fan of those designs. I, those I, are apes. Those are apes. They're not monkeys. Uh, those are apes. Monkeys have tails. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So I can only I can only think of one monkey character. Right, which now. is uh, Monkey Prince at DC. Oh, Gorilla Grodd. Or is Okay, so oh, so we are differentiating. I'm differentiating because mm. I believe in science. <laughs> uh, okay, because De- Detective Chimp is not a is not a monkey the then too. Yeah, he's an ape. So then the only person is, yeah, Monkey Prince, because we get a lot of gorillas. There's a lot of gorillas in comic books. Yeah, like that was a whole trend for a while. Do you know why that is? There's a sold, literal. They sold for it. more comics if you put a gorilla, a gorilla on the cover. On the right? cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like an old. Uh, uh, I think it was Julia Schwartz uh, hmm. at DC who like discovered that trend and just started. He would start doing it, even if there were no gorillas in the in the comic. Just put them on the cover. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about like just primates in general, um. There are a lot of DC because I feel like it's a big golden age thing, right? Yeah. So there's tight uh, Titano, um, from Superman. There's mm-hmm. Beppo the Super Monkey. There's Detective Chimp. There's Gorilla Grodd, a whole Gorilla City. Um, there's Monkey Prince. Yeah, there. I don't know that. It's a lot. Yeah. So and then you got like characters who are like ape related like beast boy can turn into mm. you know and then you got like uh uh animal man who can get the powers of one right 
right? So animals do come up a lot when it comes to when it comes to that, you know? Um, shout out to Carson uh, out there on our Twitch chat. If you're watching us live, you can watch us on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. Or maybe you're listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. But Carson is out there in our Twitch chat saying ampersand from Why the Last Man. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, that that's a literal, like a pure monkey. Yeah. Nothing more to him other than that. Yeah, I... Uh... I I was thinking more like superhero characters, but yeah, I mean, if we're talking all of comics. Right. And then do alien monkeys count? Because the Wonder Twins have whatever his name, Gleek, right? Is his name Gleek? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Sounds so, right. you know. Um, And then there's like someone like Beast from X-Men. He's not yeah. a monkey per se, but he is supposed to be ape-like yeah so i don't know where's the line and i mean truth be told humans are apes also yeah so i mean if we're opening the door to apes then like most of the characters (laughs) anybody anybody who is uh part of the human evolution chain yeah anyone who's a primate is uh you know is there so i don't know just things to think about carson says hit monkey Oh yeah, Hit Monkey's there. Yeah, yeah. Hit Monkey's new, right? Like Hit Monkey, I feel like was a relatively new character. Yeah, like created 20... just for the series, like that cartoon series, and then they moved him into the comics. No, he came in the comics first. Okay. I'm I don't know. I'm not a big. I'm not really interested in Hit Monkey. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, mm. I'm with you there. Yeah. Um. It's the final week of uh, of the year, so final week for DC Comics and Marvel Comics. Um, it would be really confusing if we had if if January first was, you know, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday and split the week, you know, when it comes to yeah. comics. Um, but luckily, it didn't. So we're here to talk about like DC Comics, Marvel Comics, indie comics, whatever we read this week. Now, obviously, to the people out there, uh, there are more comics that came out this week than drew and i read obviously right but we're gonna talk about the ones that we did read and that's the best we can do uh there's so many comics out there check out comicshoplocator.com to find a comic shop near you um drew what were the what were the books that you read this week um let's see i don't have them in front of me right now so uh, i'm gonna go this do this off memory yeah uh i read action comics uh 2023 annual mm-hmm I read uh, Green Arrow number seven. Mm-hmm. I read Alan Scott Green Lantern number three. Mm-hmm. I read Flash number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read uh, Holy Roller number two. Mm-hmm. And I know there's one I'm forgetting. Detective Comics 1080. Detective Comics 1080. That is it. Yep. There we go. Okay. All right. That's uh. That is that is that is a good strong five six. That's six, yeah. Yeah, oof. Um, it's funny because, like, all of us, we all hold ourselves to a high standard. And it's like, I mean, majority of people out there don't read any comics any week. So, you know, we're beating them no matter what. Um, I read some of the ones that you read, which is cool because I'm, I'm really looking forward to the overlap this week. Sure. Um, I also read Flash 4. I also read Green Arrow 7. I read Alan Scott Green Lantern 3. I read Action Comics Annual 2023. Um, and then you didn't, Drew, you didn't read 
any Marvel comics this week. I don't think I picked up any. That's fair. That's fair. I I uh I I, I read a good amount of Marvel too. Uh Immortal X-Men 18, Miles Morales Spider-Man 14, X-Force 47. Uh also from DC I read Titans number 6 and T- uh Titans Beast World number 3 and Justice Society 8. It was a busy week for me because I was not busy. And so I got to read a lot. Uh, Predator versus Wolverine 4. The Sensational She-Hulk number 3. The Timeless Annual from Marvel. Because every year there's a new Timeless. So this is Timeless for 2023. Uh, Spy- uh, Spider-Woman number 2. And Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number 1. And were there some others that I wanted to read? Yes, but though yeah. those other books I'll, I'll read on the weekend. Some of the I, some of the DC ones that you mentioned, uh, I picked up. I just haven't read them yet. Yeah, I'm. I have to think about what my pick of the week is, and and it's a little tough. Um, there, uh, yeah, it's a little tough. Do you know what your pick of the week is? I do. I was kind of going back and forth about two of them, but I, yeah, I'm. I'm I, I know what it is. What's What's yours? Mine is, mine is, uh, uh, I'm going to say that it's more so because of the series as a whole so far, rather okay. than just this specific issue. Yeah. Although I did really like this issue. Uh, it is, uh, Alan Scott Green Lantern. Yeah. This I one's been that really strong. It has been a really, really solid, um, it, it's, it does what I like from superhero books, which is like tells a complete and coherent superhero story but also like makes it about something bigger and uses that character as a way to kind of like um make a point about whatever that that issue is you know um about whatever topic that is you know uh and I've, i've been really really enjoying it it has been um like the the narration throughout it has been really good the character's voice has been very solid yeah um and that's stuff that i just like i i I go nuts for um when a writer can just like capture like i don't necessarily care about you know making sure that the character feels the same way that another person has written them as long as this writer can put they're like a distinct voice on the character that they're writing and right. i think that this has happened with uh tim sheridan's writing of alan scott um, i was about to I, I was looking it up tim sheridan um, yeah it is it is so good that is wild because i was trying to look up what did tim sheridan write previous and it's Ah, it's one of the worst. Uh, at least the one I dislike. He wrote Teen Titans Academy. Mm. And I I hated Teen Titans Academy. That being said, I do I gotta I gotta put an asterisk on my hate. I don't think it's Tim Sheridan's fault. Because there were things that I liked about that book, but the things that I didn't like seemed editorially mandated. Yeah. Just like weirdly enough. Who's on? Who's on Spider Man? Amazing Spider Man right now? Is it Zeb? Zeb Wells. Okay. The hot take. Hot take here is 
I don't blame Zeb Wells for how bad it's been. I think it's editorial man editorially mandated certain point plot points and when that issue had to be released. You know what? I'll give you an even hotter take. It's not Spider-Man related because okay. I'm not a Spider-Man reader. Yeah. But I think I'm not saying that I necessarily would make this argument, but I think you can make an argument that you can put almost all the blame on editorial most of the time because they still have to clear the book, right? And if you're saying if it's not, a bad writer, that editorial is at fault for letting a bad writer through. If 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 a if a person is putting bad ideas into a book, and it's not, it's just not good. Editorial is the last like they're they're that's what they're there for is to make sure that you know, what goes into the book is going to be good and sells and, and it's what people want. It's um, an interesting, like almost philosophical, like breakdown. I mean, that's just, that's, it's like, it's like the same thing. Um, if you go to uh, a restaurant and you have a really bad experience, mm -hmm. ultimately doesn't it fall on whoever is running the shift that night to be responsible for making sure that experience didn't happen? To an extent, I think that like, yeah, yeah, you, you would say that, but their defense, let's just say if they're playing defense on that, their defense isn't in that moment. Their defense was like when they hired the person, right? Sure. Like they got to, you know, hire the right people, train them correctly, as opposed to like just that night ending it. So I guess I could accept like your idea that like editorial is in charge. Like, so. like I said, I'm not necessarily making that argument, but uh -huh. I think that somebody who really believed in that effectively could. Luckily, luckily, uh -huh. we don't have to have that argument right now because uh, this Green Lantern book is, is really so good. good. It's really good. Now, I will say- That's why I'm, I, I'm like, for, for a writer who I, I didn't like his work previous, I, I you know, it, it it's- I don't uh, think it's his fault then. That, that must be it. It must not be his fault. It's also, I mean, we could also, uh, I suppose you could also make the argument that all the good stuff is editorials. No, you know. no, no, no. Okay. So, <laughs> so what I want to throw out there before we talk a little bit more about Green Lantern uh, number three is that I don't know whether I can blame editorial for being the last line of defense, but I think that editorial oversteps. And the problem is when editorial is the first line of offense. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the problem. There's I there are books that you can tell only exist because like editorial goes, Oh, we need this to tell this story. So let's go right. hire somebody to do that. Whereas this book in particular feels like it's very much like the creators driving it. Right. Um, um, you know, like with it, I mean, uh, it deals very, very much with uh, the fact that Alan Scott is gay. Yes. Tim Sheridan has been very open about being gay himself. So oh, I didn't know that. It's okay. very, like, it's it really feels like this is a project that is very personal to him. Yeah. And uh, is like, I mean, like, like, this is like a passion project for him. Um it's, I mean, and the way that it's using, it's not just like, it's not just like, 
oh, we got to make a, you know, oh, he, it's, it's a superhero story. And also he's gay. Like right. his being gay is, I, I mean, it's not like you could, there are most of this story you could tell without it being a gay person, but his experience as a gay man, especially at the, like at the age in which it takes place. Yeah is so important to the story that it just adds that extra punch of like this is what's making this story feel relevant and important um and it's i mean like it does it in 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 a way that's you know that that old saying that like uh you know when you read something it should be a door or a a a window and a mirror Mm, yeah like so like you know you 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 should it should reflect something back at you but you should also get to see something you've never seen before yeah um or something you know something that you don't get to see usually i that's what i feel like this this book is really exemplifying because you know like when i read it i i you know i see myself in the character i uh you know see a guy who um i mean the main plot is about him trying to figure out what happened to uh uh you know like these these people who are experiencing something that he's seen before right yeah. it's it's almost like a detective story he's trying to solve this this because it takes place in the past and the present right and it's i believe it's all in the past oh yeah you're right it's the past past and then there's the past right right it's, right okay, yeah yeah okay yeah it takes place in like world war ii era yeah yeah that's right and then there's yeah so but um well i guess it's not world war ii it's uh because he's like it's post-world war ii because it's cold war right yeah yeah it's cold war because uh hoover j edgar hoover is like a a a part of it you know and he's blackmailing alan scott yeah he's, he's blackmailing him trying to get him to uh join the jsa right yeah is it to join i i, I think I'm, in the past past it was for him to join the jsa yeah and so but basically like kind of like hey we know about your life right. and we'll leak that to people you know right. which is which is like that's a thing that really did happen um it's especially crazy. during the during the red scare yeah but but then like you know he he's describing the window portion of this is that like me personally i don't know what it's like to be a a gay person yeah and the way that he describes it is not like it's not coming across as like super preachy or anything like that it's just very organic and like hey this is what it would be like for this person these are the kinds of things that they would face um you know there's like going to arkham going to yeah, yeah, literally the, the, an asylum for being gay the second the second issue you know like he's uh he discovers that arkham asylum is doing electroshock therapy to try to you know like make people not be gay yeah uh and yeah, yeah it's i mean it's just it's, it's it's a it's a it's such a good book i like i i i really enjoy reading it um just because of how i i it it there's something about it. It's just that thing that you can't necessarily put into words that just separates it from other stories that I've read like that. It just yeah. feels, despite being about uh, a, a guy um, who has a magical ring, 
it feels very real and it feels very authentic. Yeah. And, and you just don't get the, the fear a lot of times uh, with somebody doing a book like this is that like, it might feel exploitative. It might feel like it's, you know, intentionally trying to manipulate your feelings and be like, um, you know, like, Oh, uh, it's a superhero story, but you're going to feel things for it because it's a gay man, you know? And it's like, it doesn't come across that way at all. It just feels like it is totally necessary to tell that story. Right. Um, it is a, it is a necessary part of this character's experience. And it's, uh, it's like a part of, uh, the writer's experience for sure. Yeah. Uh, I do want to point out something about, um, um, Tim Sheridan is that he also co-wrote Flashpoint Beyond. So follow ah, me here. Okay. Jeff Johns lead wrote Flashpoint Beyond, right? Then Jeremy at writer, Jeremy Adams and Tim Sheridan co-wrote it with him. Gotcha. Both of which went on to write new golden age. Well, all three of them went on to write new golden age. So at the end of Flashpoint Beyond, Flashpoint Beyond number six, they essentially set up Stargirl and the Lost uh, Children, mm-hmm. which then also sets up JSA. Right. And so JSA number eight came out this week also. And so like, uh, uh, or seven, whatever. The point being is that like, like all, like that team up must have been two set up like golden right. age stories going forward and, and, and jeremy, jeremy adams, adams is, is on flash right he's on jay garrick flash. jerry garrick flash yeah yeah and then jeff johns is writing jsa uh and he wrote stargirl and lost children so uh which i've been loving i've been loving this new golden age you know like, i i started picking it up and i just didn't stick with it which um, one the like i i started picking up the jsa i started picking up uh, uh, Stargirl? uh, star the Star Girl book, which yeah. I believe is done now, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and I I just haven't I didn't stick with it, but I have been picking up like I've read Sandman, I've read uh this uh, Jay? uh I I I have all three issues of the Jay Garrick book, but I haven't read them yet. I I'm I've been loving it. Yeah, I've fallen behind on Wesley Dodd's Sandman, but I've been loving um the jay garrick one because i i like boom i like the idea and it's sad but like the idea of jay garrick the flash is that he's a man who's like a grandpa aged man with a wife who's a grandma aged woman and their young daughter comes back from being lost in time yeah so they have to raise a daughter at like whatever age they are right and like it's kind of sad and like the world has passed her by but then there's also like the fact that like she lost a lot of years with her parents, you know. It's just kind of yeah, sad. It's, I mean, yeah, it's cool. I really like, you know, these. The, I like that they're doing this golden age revival. I like that it doesn't feel gimmicky or forced or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I mean, you know, like I said, I haven't been reading The Flash, but I have been reading Sandman, who is, I mean, that's a character I like a lot. But this Green Lantern has been the standout for favorite for me. Yeah. Um. My pick of the week, I I, I realize what my pick of the week is as I as I was talking about it. Um, is Justice Society of America number eight? Cool. 
Uh, I think that's a safe bet. There were a lot of good comics this week that that are competing for my number one, but I'm going to say JSA uh, number eight. Um, the introduction of this new character. She is... So with Flashpoint Beyond, with Stargirl and the Lost Children, with the new Golden Age, it's set up that there are certain people through time, mostly in the past, that have been plucked out of time so people don't remember them and then they get reinserted. One of which is Alan Scott's nemesis, Red Lantern. Mm -hmm. A Red Lantern that is not Red Lantern Corps, just like Alan Scott is not Green Lantern Corps, but a a Soviet-era Red Lantern, which we see in Alan Scott, Green Lantern Mm -hmm. number three, right? Um, In Justice Society of America number eight, his daughter comes in and she has red lantern energy but it's still red lantern like world war ii red lantern anyway she's kind of like jade essentially where Mm -hmm. jade is alan scott's daughter this one is the other guy's daughter yeah and so there's that but there's this ongoing storyline where huntress helena wayne huntress Mm -hmm. is stuck from a future that doesn't exist she's in modern time and she keeps telling the justice society that like she wants to get her justice society together Ye- decades before you know um um kind of the future that she's from and yeah. so she's trying to gather together she's like okay they may be they may be villains now but they will be heroes can we like bring them on the team and so like icicle junior i think might be one and like yeah. there's some other ones and so um this book especially coming out this week with Alan Scott Green Lantern number three, it works really well with each other because they're both Alan Scott related. Right. Alan Scott pops up. He's not in the whole issue of this one, but like, you know, he does a good job. I don't know. Uh, This is, this is the question that I have about the, like all these books. Do these take place in the same earth as the regular DC continuity just years before? Justice Society is modern. It's it's current. yeah yeah it's current time. Okay. Um, Alan Scott, Wesley Dodds, and Jay Garrick take place in this or in in okay. the Earth Zero is what it's called. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think that DC kind of painted themselves into a corner because like like naming convention wise because now it's mm-hmm. Earth Earth Zero is Earth Prime. Right. And then there's Earth One, which is like the Earth One books that didn't go anywhere right yeah um dc's branding and then earth 2 is that earth 2 books that we saw in new 52 mm-hmm. and then earth 3 is the crime is the crime syndicate, crime syndicate earth yeah and then so on and so forth but like this one it's like they're not earth one they're earth zero right earth prime it's weird point being is yeah it is it is the earth that we know from the DC universe. Yeah. All these new golden age stuff. Yeah. There's time travel involved. Sure. But it's still this earth. Um, But I love the justice society. There's something, there's something special about them. My, yeah. I think so too. I agree. I'm trying to think of like what books, what superhero teams are like families, mm-hmm. like X-Men uh, Doom Patrol, Justice Society of America, right? Like, yeah, they're very family oriented, and so I don't know. I like that. 
right now that's a big thing at dc right now is the whole family thing i mean like green arrow uh really is really pushing it flash is really yeah. pushing it i love it superman right superman uh in some regard batman is um by pushing away his family like yeah 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 i think he's gonna come full circle i think he's pushing them away to build the like they're gonna put an emphasis on the bat family for sure because of it yeah you know um but you're right they are focusing a lot on family why do you think that is because i have my my thoughts i I think that it's more so uh, just trying to create um, for, I mean, I guess this is the correct term, but uh, in kind of an overarching brand um, that, you know, like when you think of the DC books, you are now thinking about family, right? And that's, that's what they kind of, what they want to do for this era. I don't know how long it's going to last, you know, DC does kind of change up things pretty frequently. Um, but I mean, I, you know, even like Wonder Woman right now is like, there is a familial aspect to it. It's not necessarily yeah, yeah. the, you know, um, but yeah, especially with Tom, Tom King's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Introduced a new Wonder Woman who's on the run, that killer one and her daughter. Right. Yeah. Trinity. So yeah. It's yeah. I, I, I think that it is really just kind of them going, you know, like, like they sat down, they had a big meeting and they were just kind of like, what is the one thing that we can, you know, bring into our books that's, that's going to, you know, and then people just went with, well, we have the Bat family. We've had the Flash family for years. Yeah. Why don't we just kind of like, you know. On and off. The Flash yeah. family has been like lost in time, lost in the speed force disappeared come back dead alive again um flash has been interesting um but like so so my 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 thing is when it comes to dc for for dc comics to me everybody brings up the fact like oh everybody's a god pretending to be human or and then marvel's humans pretend to be gods or some some dumb thing like that because i think that's dumb i think that's a super generalized thing yeah, it doesn't apply anymore it, it it doesn't um maybe it applied when spider-man was was coming around right when he was first created but i think dc as a whole is about legacy mm-hmm. but for legacy to exist time has to exist which is and a problem have... with the new 52 yeah the new 52 comes around and it's like time does not exist because everybody just started and it, right it, DC doesn't work that way. It, to me, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I wonder to myself, why should I care? All these books that I read, like, sure, I love DC, but every book in my mind, in my subconscious, why should I care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I think that that's a question that you should ask yourself when consuming any kind of art. Right. Why should I care? So try harder. You can't, you can't rope me in just because I'm, I love DC. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch all of it. Same with the MCU, right? I love the MCU, but tell me why I should care. Yeah. You know? Because if you don't, if you don't care and you're just like, you're just, you're just watching because you think that like, oh, you know, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch this to get the next thing, which I think a lot of people are doing with, with the MCU. I, you know, I'm, I, I had to talk myself out of going to see Aquaman this week. Because I was just like, 
ah, you know, like I'm going to go see it, but it's really just like to keep up with things. And then yeah. I kind of was just like, I don't think I'm going to like this movie. Why am I going to like pay money to go to it? And, you know, and it was just like, if you are doing that, it ceases to be art and then it just becomes a consumable. And right. I'm not interested in letting companies make consumables for me. Right. Uh, do you have AMC a list? Uh, I have movie pass. Okay. Um, so I, I can go to like any theater that accepts it really. Okay. Uh, so it's like, it's not as bad. Yeah. But, um, I have AMC a list. The way I would recommend it is if you want to watch it and you have movie pass or AMC a list, go watch it. But yeah. if you don't, and it's going to take some money and time, let's just say, that you don't want to spend. Watch it when it comes on the streaming. Yeah. It'll be fine, you know? Um, I liked watching it on the big screen, but I did not like the movie. I get that. I liked watching it on the big screen, and I can see it for free, and I got nothing else to do. Might as well go see it. I don't yeah. feel like it was a waste of time or money because I didn't waste any money. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, that's that's my Aquaman 2 uh, review for that. Um Marvel, uh, so DC is about legacy. Marvel, I think, is about struggle. It's like yeah. the 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 optimism of struggle. I don't think DC is about the struggle. I think DC is about the future, like the legacy, the, like the people you leave behind. Yeah. Um. And so, as long as both companies kind of, they don't have to stick to it in every series, but for the most part, like they kind of do, kind of, you know, uh, stick to it. Um. What was I what was I getting at with DC and legacy and, and why should I care? Uh where were we? Where were we? We were talking about Justice Society and like that stuff and like, oh, why should I mean also like it extends to like why should I care about like these old heroes that are taking place in World War II? Like, why should I care? Tell me good stories. And they yeah. they are. They're telling me good stories in which I can care. Um, oh, families. That's what it was. Just the familial thing. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, you, you can't have families without time. Like, that time, that legacy has to progress, and then you can have families. And Justice Society is dealing with it. Um, you read The Flash, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Flash also deals with family. All yeah. these DC books, I think, are dealing with family because it also diversifies their cast by allowing a whole family to exist in one series. Yeah. Like in this issue alone, we get Jesse Quick coming back. We got Ironheart and or not Ironheart, Thunderheart, which is also yeah. a dumb name. Um Thunderheart's a really bad name. Do you agree? I think it's I think it's yeah. It I think it's what a little girl would pick. Yeah. Right. So that's fair. It's in character. It's just I'll tell you it's not as bad as Insomnia. Oh yeah. Insom oh, that's right. That's right. Um insomnia or that's what, that's what we call it that's what we call a callback yeah for anyone who's watching all our episodes you know um insomnia that that's a bad day oh what did i argue insomnia was a did i argue that there was a worse name or a better name i forget where i was you, you argued that it was fine it was fine and i argued that it sounds goofy when a character has to be like like batman be like no, stop this insomnia. Like yeah. that just sounds weird. Yeah. Um, Thunderheart, I think, is better than that. 
Okay. All right. Um, for those of you who don't know, Wally West's daughter uh, goes by Thunderheart now. And um, I'm okay with it. I just think at a certain point it has to, it's going to change. I didn't know she's 13. She's 13. 13, yeah. It's either yeah. the artists don't know how to draw kids or <laughs> like they they just figured out she was 13. Yeah. She's been like eight years old on the kind page. of right. Like my my cousin Look. is 13. So well, both my cousins I think are 13. And so yeah. I don't know. I, I I mean I don't know. Uh this I will say this issue of the flash, uh yeah. I don't know what's going on in it, but I liked it. It is it is because you're you're more you're more of a flash guy than I am. Yeah. So this garden that he's in, um, is that a is that a thing that's been that you've seen before? It's new. It's new. Okay. So mm. This is getting okay. This is written by Cy Spurrier. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just found out that Cy is short for Simon. Simon, yeah. I didn't know. Does he does he go by Cy or Simon? Uh I think it used to be Simon and then now it's Cy. Okay. All right, cool. Because um, I, I have seen like uh X-Men Legacy was credited to Simon Spurrier. Oh, okay. Um on LeagueofComicGeeks.com, they credit him as Simon Spurrier. Yeah. So when you search for him, that's what pops up. Um, also, do you know si- Simon from Teen Titans, the bad guy? No. There's a bad guy named Simon, but it's P-S-I-M-O-N. Oh, and okay. he has, like, his brain is visible. And he's psychic. He's on Young Justice and stuff like that. Anyway. Yeah. I've probably seen him before, but just, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what, what was I saying? Uh, yeah. I'm tired of DC coming up with more metaphysical planes of existence. (laughs) They need to stop because somebody had broken it down elsewhere. They were like, okay, so we got the, the emotional spectrum for the green lanterns, but then we have like the flash forces, speed force, still force, uh, uh, sage force, strength force. None of that makes sense. Like anyone strong is tapping into an extra dimensional energy called the strength force. Yeah. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. But then you also have like what Grant Morrison has broken down to be whatever. But then we got the DC multiverse and we got the negative multiverse, which is the dark multiverse. So there's all these levels. And then, I mean, in these weird comics, sometimes like these characters meet their makers and like animal man will look through the page at the person reading Mm-hmm. And like, okay, so this is their idea of like breaking down that like outside of time and space, there is concept. Yeah. Ah, ah. Listen, I, you can do whatever you want as long as you have the Flash quite literally collecting his thoughts by holding, uh, grabbing his- The bubbles? His, his speech bubbles out of the air and yeah. carrying them with him. I'm okay with that. It was cool. It's just, I have, I, I don't have any idea what's going on. And I'm hoping that I will. Yeah. But also, oh, and keep in mind that at the end of Flashpoint Beyond, they broke down how the DC multiverse works. Mm-hmm. With hypertime, the omniverse, the uh, like space and time are treated differently. And now they're just adding this like realm of concept. Yeah. 
huh, it's too much. And I mean, not to mention like the gods live in some other realm. And then like, there's like the orrery of gods. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, have you been liking this series? I have been. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of stuff in it that I'm not quite getting like the, like the layouts of a normal page, you know, they like bleed out off of the page, you know, like the panels, the panels like end and then parts of the panels keep going past the, the gutter. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's like a stylistic choice or if it's somehow like trying to be a narrative choice okay. and I, I I can't figure out and I'm inclined to believe that it's a narrative choice but I haven't figured out what it is yet I mean it's the fact that they're outside the confines of reality but it happens in all kinds of I mean it happens on nearly every page even when they're not outside the confines of reality is it only Wally or it's, are other characters outside the borders too as far as I know it is you know it's happening to it's it's i mean it's happening on almost every page okay i don't know <laughs> and it, I, to me it feels like it's trying to say something about because like i noticed i noticed that a lot of the characters specifically like the 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 speedster characters yeah. you know like there's in the speech bubbles they'll talk and then there'll be like little words you know <laughs> like breaking it up like and so to me that's like them speaking like they're talking and then throwing in something like a little quick like you know okay and then you yeah. know and and so like to me that is like a visual reference to like it's a it's a way of visual visually displaying how quickly their brains process things right you know um and it's, so it's weird I don't know. I, I like it a lot. Um, I think that uh, going back to exactly what I said about the Green Lantern book, I think that it adds unique voices. And I think that it gives them like idiosyncrasies yeah. that, you know, kind of shows what how their powers would affect them cognitively. Um, but when I see that and then I see the way that the pages are actually like laid out, um, it makes me think that the art is supposed to be representative of something narratively and i just can't figure out what it is like whether it's just for the aesthetic of it all or whether yeah, like is it, it is actually it, represents maybe it, it represents just a stylistic choice is it giving us down? something like about their character is it giving yeah. us something about the nature of the speed force their connection to it anything like that i i, I don't know but i like it yeah yeah i don't know um this one's a weird one, but I mean, it's one but of those. That's, I need that's to see what how I wanted. That is sense. what I wanted from Cy Spurrier writing Flash is something kind of weird. Because Cy Spurrier wrote Way of X, right? Uh, or Legion of X. I don't know. I'm more familiar. I'm more familiar with like the DC stuff. Okay, so I think like, Cy Spurrier wrote the Nightcrawler centric title yeah. Way of X. I know, um, I know that he wrote Black Lightning, not Black Lightning, uh, Black Bolt, and oh. my m- the guy who runs my comic shop will not read anything that he writes because he hated that Black Bolt run so much. What's the Black Bolt run? Like, Inhumans Black Bolt? It was the Black Bolt series. 
oh, was it really bad? I never I'm read not- it because I don't like the Inhumans. I I never read it either. You know, I'm not that deep into Marvel. Uh, yeah. But the dude who runs my comic shop, Jake, just he was just like, I won't read anything this guy writes because I hated that Black Bolt run so much. That's and like I'm like, yeah. dude, his uh, his Hellblazer was incredible. So oh, I didn't read that one. I think he he likes to go heady because the character that he was using in Way of X was Legion, mm-hmm. and Legion is always legion is so weird of a character he did he did uh uh a legion run oh okay uh, x-men legacy legion oh, is the yeah. character of that i and can't that was, I, that was during I, the that was during the marvel now period yeah i'm i'm a fan right of x-men i'm a huge x-men fan i don't think legion ever has to exist in canon like mm-hmm. i don't think that like if you were going to do the x-men in the mcu we you don't ever have to have legion yeah i don't i don't think we need them um so all right well good on Psy, i guess you know um flat i mean flash is good i just want to see how it ends you know yeah um i'm, I'm really interested in it i want to i want to break down a couple of titles that you didn't read and then feel free to ask questions because um if this interests you did you know that marvel's going through a gang war right now i've seen the gang war tie-ins mm-hmm. i haven't bought any of them it's related to spider-man right like that's the uh it is spider-man centric just because spider-man's the biggest hero involved but it is street level heroes yeah so So i've seen like i've seen a moon knight issue mm. i've seen you know like the some of the other tie-ins but i I didn't them up um there were three gang war books that came out this week uh miles morales spider-man number 14 which i love this run of miles um, it's written by uh, Cody Ziegler, mm-hmm. and um, he's had the best grasp on Miles for like, I mean, I also, I think a, most Miles runs are really good. Like Sa- Saladin Ahmed's run previously was really good, mm-hmm. um, but like uh, Cody Ziegler's bringing something like new to the table, and the only time this series hiccups is when it's editorially mandated. Like yeah. when it's like, hey, you got to have like three issues or carnage fights miles because we got to tie it in with the carnage thing that goes on i'm so tired of symbiotes but that's just me um <laughs> it's not my thing um but uh gang war has all these like like they're either super they're like super villains or they're like the old school kind of mobster villains that spider-man has like hammerhead right. um but prowler basically the premise of this is like uh miles's uncle aaron puts back on the prowler suit and mm-hmm. is fighting against miles and miles is like i'm gonna take you down and he's like wait wait wait. there's a reason but like i can't tell you just trust me and he's like i'm not gonna trust you he's like but trust me and then like it's this back and forth and so that was that's miles morales spider-man 14 um there's also spider-woman 2 which i can't tell whether it's its own series or just a gang war miniseries yeah but spider-woman 2 introduced the concept that like jessica drew had like in a previous series she had a child but the child's gone missing and so but then there's this unnamed new villain like uh, like un unfaced or whatever you know like you can't see his face so then some people like is that going to be her child but grown up like what is going on here why would they hyper age this another child um the series has been good, but also I hope it's not her child. 
Also, I don't know if you're reading Spider-Boy or you know what's going on with Spider-Boy. I'm I saying mean, it first. I'm saying this first, and I, it's probably not going to end up this way. But right now, Spider-Boy has a mother that he cannot find. And Spider-Woman has a son that she cannot find. Marvel, <laughs> why isn't that the same thing? Why aren't they? <laughs> That's who... That would be so much better if Spider-Boy was Spider-Woman's son. How, how do you know that that isn't what's happening? I mean, I would love, and that would be the greatest, like a really great move, because I think it would create synergy across the Spider uh, Spider characters. Mm-hmm. But like right now, this this unnamed metahuman bad guy is has pheromone powers, which is Jessica Drew's thing, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so is that her son grown up? What's going on? So I hope it's not the case. But Spider, I just think it's weird that there's a plot line in Marvel right now in Spider books. <laughs> Spider Boy's looking for his mom, who he cannot find, and Spider Woman's looking for her son, she cannot find. But for some reason, they're not looking for each other. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, Spider Woman Gang War, uh, and then there's Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Number One gang war uh again can't tell whether it's a miniseries just for gang war or an ongoing and maybe marvel doesn't even know yeah maybe marvel is like well if it does good we just continue it right. past gang war um but it is shang chi's new comic because his comics just come out in spurts mm-hmm. and uh i don't know it's cool nothing wrong with it i like it shang chi's shang chi is trying to run his organize he's running the villain organization trying to make them good essentially so the 10 rings so it is what it is um but you didn't read titan's beast world number three i haven't read uh one or two yet either i mean i'm not saying it's a must i i think gang war gang war i think is a better event yeah um over at marvel than beast world at dc because beast world's just kind of a gimmick yeah let's just turn these characters into animals right but they're not is even that, animal that, animals. That, what's up? Is that what it is? Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't even realize that that's what it was. I just, you know, I the, I thought I've been enjoying the Titan stuff we've been getting, so I picked it up. Yeah. The premise is Waller is behind the scenes doing some bad stuff, but the premise of issue number one is that a bad guy unlocks what's known as the Necro Star, mm-hmm. who is another Star Conqueror like Starro is. Mm-hmm. So then Necrostar comes out and then Beast Boy turns into Starro and they fight, but then Dr. Hate, which is like an evil version of Dr. Fate, comes in, messes things up, and then turns Beast Boy into like a mindless Starro. So then okay. Beast Boy sends out his Starro spores to Earth. And when the Starro spores, instead of latching onto people's faces, they go down their throats, which is super gross. Um, and then when it goes down their throats, people are turning into animal hybrids. So it doesn't okay. happen to everybody, but it's happening to a lot. Like Black Adam is a lion. He's a lion-Black Adam hybrid. Okay. Batman is a wolf. Um, Damien, it was funny. Damien was like, I'm changing. And you like, you see his eyes and his claws and he's like, meow. Cause he's a cat. 
and like I think uh Nightwing is a dog. Um but it's been kind of gimmicky. Yeah. And then Power Girl is a phoenix. So that is not a real animal. <laughs> so now people can turn into mythological creatures? Yeah, why not? <sighs> okay, that's fine. It's just nobody else has done that yet. But I don't know what's going on here. Um, but that's Teen Titans Beast World number three. There's, It's weird. And then Titans number six is tying in with it a little bit. Mm-hmm but still exploring the storylines that were before the crossover event. Yeah. So, which I think it's, it's doing pretty well at juggling both of those. Um, you read green arrow number seven. Yes. How did you feel about issues one through six? I thought they were fine. Um, I was, I remember being a little bit disappointed that, uh it was like a cosmic kind of story yeah i just don't think that that works for green arrow but at the same time um by about issue two i realized what they were doing is that they were doing the island story without the island and it was a way of kind of getting new readers to know green arrow's origin without having to rehash it again Right. You're saying that so, being being shunted through time is the island? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, he was lost in time. He couldn't find his family. He was trying to get back, right? And learning lessons along the way, right? That's what happened on the island, right? Um, so it was like, once I kind of saw that, I was like, okay, I, I get this, but I do want to see him get home and fight like corrupt businessmen and you know like do the green arrow thing right um this issue in particular uh i liked there's like you know the little almost like a little montage of him going to each of the members of the justice league and being like hey what happened why do why don't we exist anymore yeah and all of them kind of giving their reasons i thought that that was really cool um i like that part and the fact that they they talked about what's going on in the comics of those series. Yeah. Which it doesn't normally do that. Like, like comics in the, like not normally, but like comics in the past have done it where like somebody will go around and be like, how can this person be talking to this person? This person is in jail right now. Right. How can this person do this? This person is. And then you kind of have to like, when does this take place? You, yeah. You kind of have to just like use your imagination and be like, oh, this must've taken place before that. Right. Right. Um, Right. But they're all talking about, right? Like they're they're all like Wonder Woman's talking about her series. Yeah. And Superman's talking about like the Super Corp thing. Mm, um yeah. they mentioned that Batman's acting weird. Yeah, yeah. Green Arrow's like, oh, he's acting funny. I shouldn't I should check that out, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I like um, this. This might be the first time in comics that somebody coming back from the dead does a full sweep of their world to be like, is this actually my world? Yeah, I liked that too. I liked the, you know, like him and Connor just being like, okay, so it's like 99% sure that we are where we're supposed to be. Right. There's still that 1% of doubt. But, but mostly that's because of Batman, right? Batman acting weird? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it is, it could be for any number of reasons. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Um, I, I, I liked, that you know it, it did kind of give you a uh here's what's going on in the rest of the dcu 
yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Um, but I mostly, I mean, what what I mostly liked about that is not necessarily like the exposition of it, but just like the him interacting with with these people, you know, and shows you a little bit just about their relationships, who they are, and yeah, and and stuff like that, which I, I really liked. I mean, it, it, it of course does uh, always comes back to him and Hal, uh, which is like yeah. you know the quintessential like you know his 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 buddy yeah so um hot take is i think hal and barry should have stayed dead i i I mean i don't think that's necessarily a super hot take i think a lot of people think that but you know we're 10 years or more removed from that now so from them coming back yeah shoot we're almost 20 years away from yeah from uh jeff johns taking over green lantern it was like 2005 yeah yeah um because green lantern rebirth was first mm-hmm. then flash rebirth yeah yeah um for me this issue number seven might as well be issue number one i was cool with yeah that. I, yeah. I agree um that and was, i'm okay with that yeah um i also didn't like issue six where it was like it was me merlin all along right yeah 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 I'm like, oh, Merlin, you dummy. You big old time-traveling, arrow-shooting dummy. Yeah. What are you doing? That's your plan? I, I think, you know, it, it, it is... It, <sighs> Green Arrow is one of those characters who always has a lot of potential, and I don't know that everybody always, like... I don't know that everybody, like, like taps into that potential. Yeah. Um, and for me, what I'm always looking for with Green Arrow is, like a story with a very specific political message. Mm. And so when you do stories that don't have that, it's kind of just like, well, this could have been any character. Right. But I need his family. I need more of the family, you know? So that's what I'm looking forward to. Like, I like the idea that I would love to see the, the, the exploration of him and Connor teaming up as father and son. I know we've seen it before, but like, do it now like let's let's yeah. see the dc through a father-son lens yeah you know um it'd be nice i don't know um that green arrow seven um um let's let's finish your ones um uh, did you like action comics annual i did yeah it, i it complete or it ends what was set up in action comics right it it ends philip kennedy johnson's run in general he is you know he's he's like his superman story that began all the way back in uh uh you know the post rebirth i forgot what they called uh the the initiative that came after that but it was uh after uh it was after death metal oh was it infinite frontier yes oh okay i love infinite frontier but yeah it started right with like he took over during the infinite frontier uh uh era yeah and he's been writing you know he was writing superman and uh action at the same time for a while yeah now he's just on action and this uh is an end to that story um and uh i think i think it has been it's one of the best superman runs ever did he do war world yeah 
Okay, the war, war world, the whole war world saga was one of my favorite Superman stories of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, and I see this is an extension of that, like because yeah. you know, the like the uh, uh, the kids, you know, are the kids that he brought back from War World, right? And, you know, like I haven't liked it so much, action comics specifically, yeah. uh, in the past couple months. I didn't like this shadow sister all ghoul plot line i i there are parts of it that i didn't like but there are parts of that that i did like quite a mm-hmm. bit um i mean it's you know i you, you know how i am i'm always about like you know trying to connect this to the real world and stuff like that and you yeah. know like between this and wonder woman we have very like superhero stories that are head-on talking about issues of immigration yeah um which i mean that's what was going on in in the superman in in action comics yeah um and so like i i really liked that part of it um you know it always has to end with it was me all along you know like kind of super villain plot but um, i don't like i don't like blue earth being like yeah you're right we were we were tricked so I'll help you guys out. <laughs> Blue Earth, they're a bunch of supremacists. So well, I, I think I think that it wasn't so much Blue Earth, the organization, being like, oh, we'll help you out. It was more so like the people who who did get kind of conned into it. It was yeah. normal people. And so like to me, that's you know, trying to say like uh if you you know, like, if you let somebody, like, dupe you because of emotions, then you're susceptible to whatever they, they're they trying to sell you, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's a, I think that that's a message that's pretty important right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and reread this one, because it also had some backups, too, right? Uh, Did this one have a backup because i had to binge this to catch up to this 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 one doesn't have uh the backups those okay those the other ones did so this one is just a complete you know the end of that superman story and it's capped off with the uh uh the construction worker that superman was having lunch with mm. you know sitting right. down and talk talking with his son yeah that I, was... I forgot about that it's been long enough that like i forgot about yeah. that well, that was that was the the conversation that they were having, you know, because he was like uh, he was a criminal that Superman put away. Yeah. And then the implication is that Superman helped him get like a straight job. Yeah. And, you know, Superman sits down, have has lunch with him and he's asking him like. You know, I got to talk to my kid, but like, I don't really know how to approach this. Yeah. And so then, you know, now we're actually seeing him and his son talk. Uh, specifically about his past and him being a criminal yeah and uh and him trying to like talk his son out of uh uh you know possibly going down the same path someday i love and call me cheesy but i love when writers finish their runs book ending what they started with yeah it's no it's i think it's great it's it's cheesy though right but like cheesy in a good way I mean, it can be cheesy, but I also think that it's just, like, good storytelling. Right. It's, it's, I mean, in school, you're taught to write essays, right? Where you start off with your point, and then you do the conclusion. 
And you're supposed yeah. to tie it all together, which is kind of what writing is. Yeah. If you're trying to get a theme out there, if you're trying to get this, you know, point across, start off with the point, you end with the point and everything in between are hopefully. It's, yeah. It's the, like the, the links that connect it. Yeah. You know, uh, but I liked it. Um, I just can't get into, I, I just couldn't get into shadow sister. So, yeah. Um, uh, I want to know, let, let's go real quick. Cause uh, I want to finish up your your books and then I'll do like five seconds of my books. Um, tell me about uh, Holy Roller number two. Holy Roller. Have you read Holy Roller at no. all? Holy Is Roller. Is it worth it? As of right now, I'm saying yes. Okay. Holy Roller is the weirdest writing team. Andy Samberg, Rick Remender, and a so it's, couple yeah, others? It's Rick, it's Rick Remender, then uh-huh. Andy Samberg, the actor from... Yeah. SNL, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Hot Rod. And I'm bringing that up because I think it's important. And then it's also co-written by Joe Troman, who is the guitarist of Fall Out Boy. Like, oh. It is like three okay. people who yeah. I would never think knew each other at all. <laughs> yeah. All working on a comic book. Yeah. And the uh, the premise of the book is that uh, there's this guy, when he was growing up, uh, his dad was uh like his dad was like this champion bowler like local celebrity Uh um and he was trying to push the son to you know also like go into bowling and he just didn't want to so he went away for a while and then uh something happens that brings him home and when he comes home he realizes that like the entire town is uh super like anti-semitic like they're nazis and and he ends up being confronted by one of them like who was a dude he went to high school with uh he gets confronted by them um for being jewish and he uh he beats him up with a bowling ball Mm. um and so when i first started reading it like issue one I was reading it as like, yeah, it's kind of a silly concept, but like it's it's serious, right? And then midway through, like I I wasn't, I really wasn't enjoying it. And then midway through, I was just like, oh, I got the tone of this all wrong. This is hot rod. Like it's it's a silly comedy. It's a goofy comedy that happens to deal with like some real world stuff. Some, you know, pretty, I mean, it is a serious subject, but the the tone of it is more like goofy weird comedy and then from there i was on board okay i'm, I'm a rick remender fan i yeah. i read everything that he puts out um okay i'm not a fallout boy fan so i have no i am but i'm a i'm a fallout boy fan i've seen him in concert a couple times i don't know anyone's names other than two guys yeah. So yeah, Joe. Joe is the the guitarist. He's the one uh, I don't know. He and uh, I know. I only know his name because uh, he and Pete Wentz and Andy Hurley, the drummer. Okay. See, I don't know Andy Hurley either. Yeah. They they were all in uh, uh, an old like uh, metalcore band together called Arma Angelus back in like like they 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 stopped doing that band so they could do Fall Out Boy. Interesting. Okay. And, and so that's back, like okay. They come from my world. Yeah. So that's that's how I know who they are. I only know Patrick Stump and Pete Wentz, but okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, I mean the cover looks cool. 
and I, I'm I'm posting up like there's the one cover and there's another cover that I thought is really cool where it's marking Chicago's map but with a swastika in it. Mm-hmm. Is that the variant cover? That I'm That's got to be the variant, yeah. Oof, it's 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 raw, um, but at the same time, yeah, I could see how maybe it's more tongue in cheek or yeah. satirical. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and then last but not least for you, Detective Comics 1080. Yeah. Um, I, I stopped reading Detective Comics. I, I, I can't right now. Like I just, this, this story is, uh, it is long and it's drawn out. Is this Uh, the Orgums? Yeah. I gave up. I read issue one of the Orgum thing. And then I was like, I can't, I can't I mean, it's still going on. I think, I think it's cool, but it is definitely something that like it reads way better. It's going to read way better in trade. Uh, I had to eventually just like go back and start reading it from the beginning Uh um, to kind of keep up with it. It's a cool story. Um, I think that it is uh, a little, you know, it's, it's grandiose and we're in a part right now where it just kind of feels like it's filler. It's spinning its wheels. Yeah, it feels like the plot, like the plot points are going to come back and they're kind of like necessary to get there, but there's a lot of stuff just kind of padding it. Um, Like this issue was mostly about um, um, like Batman is unconscious and uh, it was about like some of his allies trying to transport his body. Um, So like Jim Gordon, Selena Kyle, uh, uh, you know, like they're they're and even I mean, Two Face also plays a part in this because he's a big part of this story. Um, like trying to get his body away from the bad guys, essentially. Right. Um, but there is a cool reveal at the end of this, uh, um, which involves uh, a character I like a lot coming back. Okay. Um, is it Azrael? Azrael is in it in a panel, but it's not Azrael. Azrael's been back for a while. I don't like Azrael. Um, yeah, Azrael's been back for a while, but uh, no, it's not Azrael. It's uh, it's a character who I really like. She has been present in the books, but uh, she is kind of reverting to some old ways. Is it Shiva? Lady Shiva? No. Oh, tell tell me who it is, and maybe it might strike up my interest to like read this. Book. It's it's Renee Montoya as the question. Oh, okay, all right. Which yeah. like she's the commissioner of the GCPD right now, mm. and she has been actively like fighting against you know like the Bat family, and you know like we don't do this with masks, all this stuff. And then the last page of this is her just being like, "I'm recognizing now that there are things that masked people can do that I can't." So she puts that back on i think it's a really cool moment because uh uh she's having like this inner monologue and the captions change whenever she puts the mask on you know yeah i like stuff like that i think is cool okay yeah okay maybe it's not enough to get me to come back but i have a, i have a theory i have a theory i think that these because i'm wondering to myself detective comics is way better to me as a bat family team-up book uh, and they did it orig- like however many months ago with that whole like not Hotel Arkham, but what was it called? Arkham Tower or something? Yeah, Arkham Tower, yeah. And like they did it was a Bat Family team up book and they stopped at a certain point. And right now, Batman 
is dealing with like going his his way or the highway very alone they just had that event the the gotham war that's splitting his family apart problem is most of his family doesn't have books anymore batgirls ended back in june nightwing is the only person who has it robin doesn't have a book but well, uh, yeah, like, you know there's the batman and robin book right right there's batman and robin but damien doesn't have his own book and tim doesn't have his own book yeah right like the titans like dick runs the titans so it's so that's him staying away from the bat family in a way right. um i think dc is purposely bearing the bat family to revive them again yeah i think so too oh cool so it wasn't a wasn't a crazy take then no I think, I think that's exactly what they've been doing okay. for a while yeah because they've again all those characters don't have books but you know what's going on here uh I, th I think something's going to happen. Something big. Hopefully in the direction that I want it to break. Which is Batman becoming a family man. Yeah. That's what I think. I, I mean, I yeah, I think that that will happen in the Batman title. Um, but I think that this, this, the detective title is like removed from what's happening in the Batman like the, you know yeah. all the gotham war stuff it's like a separate story it takes place it must take place before all of this happened yeah um it's definitely not like you know parallel but right so some so something's gonna break in some way yeah. um i'm gonna i'm just gonna read out some some stuff and some thoughts about uh some of the other books but really it wasn't it wasn't much more than this predator versus wolverine number four it ends the miniseries of predator versus wolverine in the end, read it or don't. It doesn't change Wolverine much, but it is cool if you like the character of Predator going up against Wolverine. And whether it's in continuity or not doesn't really matter because it doesn't change much. I don't know. It's kind of it is just kind of cool, but that's yeah. it. Um, the Sensational She-Hulk number three. Uh, I loved Rainbow Roll's previous run. Uh, this run is good too, but the question is, where is it going? I don't know um but the art is amazing and the character the characterization is really good so i'm still with it um timeless the timeless issue from this year because it's one every year and it's always timeless number one and they never do anything and then they a year later they release a new one has to do with like a future where luke cage is fighting against essentially Konshu taking over the earth Mm -hmm. And it takes place in the future, and there's some twists and turns. And actually, this was closer to a pick of the week. Um, weirdly enough, like this almost was my pick of the week. Um, but it's a standalone story. Uh, but you know, who knows? Um, did I say Immortal X Men number eighteen? And X-Force 47, it's fall of X-Era stuff. Immortal yeah. X-Men 18 ends with a big twist at the end um, and a big reveal, which I think is really cool. And uh, it's about, you know, the Sinisters. So, you know. Uh, and then that's, uh, I think that's that's pretty much it. I mean, X-Force 47 is bringing the band back together again. Because um, whatever's coming up with X-Men, like, soon, um, it's going to change some things. Like the whole Krakoan era is supposed to end. So, yeah. which I don't like because I think there are certain concepts that could have let more, like, breathed a little bit more and certain concepts that they are rushing, like, they're rushing through. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether the Krakoan age needs to end, but yeah. it is what it is. 
Um, that's pretty much it. That's all the books that we both read this week, right? Think so. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Drew. It was it's the final comic talk Thanks of 2023. Um, we got a lot of cool uh stuff coming up, and comic talks I'll gonna see be back Saturday, next week. Though. We are. We're doing best comic books of 2023 uh, this Saturday, um, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and we're going to talk about everything, everything that we want to talk about that came out this year. I'm going to have to go back and like look at everything because I'm like, what came out this year? What ended? You yeah. know, um, but I'm sure you're going to you're going to have some some good stuff to uh, to bring to the table. I hope so. <laughs> We've been reading enough. We should we should both have. I, I've read fewer comics this year than I have in the last 15. Really? Were you just yeah. reading books when you come on Comic Talk? I just I I I mean, no. I'm I'm reading. I'm buying a lot of stuff, but okay. then am I actually reading it? That's been that's been an issue. And okay. yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. All right. Um either way, I'm looking forward to talking about everything. Uh, that we want to talk about that came out this week uh, or this year. Um, before we get going, Drew, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, you can find me on uh, pretty much all the social media, uh, TikTok, mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, Twitter, Threads. I've been trying to I've been trying to use Threads more. Um, yeah, all the same name, Drew X Deficit. Uh, find me there. Uh, we've been having an uh, interesting discussion uh, over on TikTok. Uh, recently talked about uh, which which DC characters would be pro-union. Uh, mm. Talked about uh, how use, used some characters to be able to identify what makes uh, uh, a right-wing approach to justice versus a left-wing one. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it's about rehabilitation over, over um, punishment. That's basically what we got to that's yeah. literally yeah uh left-wing approach is rehabilitation that bad people can become good or can get second chances and pun and you know the right wing is punishment yep the, the whole point of jail is punishment or or the whole point of jail is rehabilitation yep. that is uh that's a good conversation to have and yeah uh other than that um you know i'm just uh got my got my uh throw my opinions and my analyses out there uh yeah. nothing really major coming up at all um but uh you know uh justice league cosmic chaos uh right. is yeah. still out in stores mm -hmm. um i wrote the script for that co-wrote the script for that i should say um uh had a had a cool moment the other day when a person was mad at me for my mm -hmm. opinions on uh uh on comics said this guy doesn't know anything about comics and then uh two posts before that was them playing that game being like man this game is good and i was like all right that's... i'll take that as a win okay uh that's funny uh thank you so much drew so much for for coming on the show not only today but previously throughout this year even further back um i'm looking forward to going over best comics of 2023 with you uh this weekend um for anyone out there who is watching us live, twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show, you're watching us there. Or you're listening to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, if you're on social media, our two big ones are TikTok and Instagram at the Keeg Show. But we are, yes, on other social media, not just TikTok and Instagram. Facebook, 
Twitter uh, threads I'm trying to do more of as well, at The Keeg Show or slash The Keeg Show, uh, pretty much either or. Um, you can also go to patreon.com slash The Keeg Show if you want to give back to The Keeg. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up, uh, an introduction of a new monthly show uh, that we're going to be introducing. Um, uh, Spread Thin is my middle name. You know, uh, in 2024, we're going to see that because we also got Comic Cons coming up. Uh, we also got the website, uh, Keeg Show, Um, You can find us there, find uh, more geek related articles uh, over there. Um, that is pretty much it. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Oh, comicshoplocator.com. Find a comic shop near you, support your local comic shop uh, industry. Um, once again, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, and this has been another episode of Comic Talk, this time for the week of December 28th, 2023. See you next year!